Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia, and with me is my co-host Mila. Hi, Mila. Hello. <laughs> Episode 65, The Diamond of the Day Part 2. Oh, come on. The synopsis for this episode is, As the battle rages on Camlan's mighty plain, Merlin faces his moment of destiny. I have had the beginning of this podcast planned probably since day one. So here's the beginning. I'm sorry. I'm not that upset. What? <laughs> How dare you not be upset? Is it just because Gaius and Kilgara made it out of this fucking mess? Because they didn't. Let me tell you what that ending means. Everybody's dead. What does that mean? If you end the show in 2000, whatever, everybody's dead. Well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They live their lives to the fullest. How do you know? <laughs> I know. That's my point. That's kind of my point. You don't. I know. In my heart, in my heart, I know. I say, I'm sorry. The truth is, this is going to be a difficult episode because I really think I want to focus on talking about the episode and how it works. And I think the reason that the next episode exists largely is to discuss the ending in the scope of the story. Correct. And the story itself and all the fun stuff we get to talk about, like, oh, character development, favorite episodes, stuff like that. So stay tuned for that next week. I really want to concentrate on the episode. And I will say minus the last, it must be two to three minutes, maybe even less. I love this episode. This journey of Arthur and Merlin Bradley and Colin and huge, huge shout out to Bradley in this episode. I adore the emotional journey he plays for Arthur in this episode so much that it makes me love this episode. I love Bradley in this episode. It is some beautiful acting. I 100% agree. So minus some stuff. <laughs> and I agree. And I agree. You know, I'm like the very, very end. I'm just ignoring that. Can I ignore that for the sake of... You can't ignore that and we will discuss that because that's the problem. A large problem for... I mean, you can have... Everyone can have their own opinions about Arthur dying and we'll get more into that. And there's a lot to talk about in the legend of Arthur and that this story is a tragedy. Fine. But that little ending there... Because there's a lot of talk from the creators of, well, this is how the Arthurian legend ends. No, no, no. You don't get to pick and choose. We'll add a dragon and Merlin will live into the 2000s and this and that and the other. But then act like you, could, you couldn't shift a little on the ending of Arthur. <laughs> like you always have leeway. You are rewriting the story. You can end it however you want. That is that is true. I don't understand when sometimes the writers of the show, the people who can actually make any decision happen any decision we're like next episode is gonna go on in the 1960s and we're like okay you're in the writers you can do whatever you want they're like no 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 this we couldn't do i was like but you could but you could but you could and again this will be a next episode thing but in the telling of the authorian legend it's not always definitive that arthur dies i'd have to check this but i'm I think even in the Mallory version, which is like taken as the gospel of Arthurian legends, it's left vague. He's left going to the aisle to be saved, maybe. Question mark, maybe not. There is no answer. So to definitively say it, he has to die because he died in that version, I'm like, I don't think he really died in that version necessarily. I don't think we know the I don't think we know the answer. 
Anyway, Arthur dying aside, there's a lot in this episode. You called that Gwen dies and you doubted yourself last episode, but he does. And actually, I take that back immediately. I'm not really sure. I just see a man passing out. I'm not going to call that dying. I am on the ship of Gwen didn't really die. I knew that he was going to die. I was like, if there's one night that's going to die, it's Gwen. I just knew it. I don't think he died. Passed out. Had a bad day. Made some rash decisions. The Nathair sucks. Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was real dumb. I just, we've seen so many people be tortured by the Nathair and not die that I'm like, I don't see how he died. He passed out. That's my decision. No funeral, no death. That's, I stand on that. <laughs> Percival wouldn't, le- wouldn't have left him if, we'll get, we'll get there. Okay, let's just get into this because yes, I guess my sorry is wasted. I was like, Mila, I was really stressed for a while. So I was like, Mila's going to want to punch me at the end of this because I know uh, how I feel when friends get me to watch things and then I get emotionally tossed around like this. And then I'm like, thanks a lot. <laughs> there are articles people wrote 10 years after it was over about how scarred they are from this. What? All of my favorite characters actually survive in the end. So... <laughs> Arthur died. I don't know how you could say that. Okay. He's not my favorite character. Is Merlin not your favorite character? I told you my favorite characters. It's Gwen, it's Kilgara, and it's Gaius. I'm sorry. I have said that since the beginning of this show. You don't care what happens to Merlin? I didn't say that I don't care. I just said he's not my favorite. Well, I think it's an unfair ending to Merlin more than it's not to me. Like, oh, you hurt me, the audience, because Arthur died. I think it's an unfair ending to Merlin. Look, I do too. Pretty unfair to the audience because when Julian got called out for five years of your destiny is to save him. And then everyone got mad that this was the ending. And he's like, oh, just go with the flow. No, 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 no. No, that's look. (laughs) Don't give me that. Don't don't give me that. Oh, you have to go with the flow because I promised something and then didn't deliver it. Don't no. I don't like that with audiences. Like we don't do that. I don't like the way that he ended. I'm not super upset, but I'm like, this was kind of a lazy way to end this. I would only change minor things, but I would change things. Anyway, getting into the episode, it all begins with your destiny awaits from a Balinor flashback of what happened last week. Oh my god, don't give me this destiny shit. Belnor's like, your destiny awaits. By the way, it's terrible. <laughs> he seems really excited. I'm just like, ah, I don't know about that. We go into battle. I love this whole, I, honestly, I do. I love almost the entire episode. I love this opening. I do too. I love seeing badass Arthur, badass Leon. There's more slow-mo. There's more slow-mo. I hear that it was torture factory of three weeks to get that filmed so you know good for rupert and bradley whoever's stunt writing for colin is riding with a fury as emerus i love the the hair and the beard and the cake and the robes literally in the big very beginning of my notes i say emerus is riding like the wind because it's so good it's so good it's great then we see that mordred's in the battle and he looks crazy and like he's looking for someone and then Morgana does her little thing where she helps him out and wipes out an entire group of people. Intercut with the Emrys riding and there's this whole buildup of, oh no, you're wasting against time. You need to get there. Athusa arrives, starts firebombing. This is really sad because I'm just kind of like, poor little baby dumb dragon being brainwashed by Morgana. I know, so sad. I was like, what are you doing here? Go home. 
we cut to Gwen in the hospital tent. It's just the chaos of battle, right? She's screaming bandages, bandages. A fight breaks out into the tent and she kills the Saxon, which is great. Badass Gwen. I love it because I laughed so hard because this bandages thing uh, made me think of Phoebe from Friends. And she's like, gauze! I need more gauze! And then like explodes and her arms falls off. <laughs> but it's like slightly French. Slightly French. Gaza. So I was really laughing a lot in this. In this, I laugh because she gets to the table and it's a table full of clean bandages. And I'm like, you didn't have to scream. That's clearly the bandages. <laughs> it's clearly your table bandage that has been supplied. You don't need to scream to anyone. It's there. You don't need to scream. Clearly, that's the bandages table. Gwen, calm down. So I was laughing a lot at because I couldn't. I just couldn't help because it's literally the same scene. Mm-hmm. But this one was supposed <laughs> to be serious. It's a good reference. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, Gwen has her badass moment. She still has on point hair. And then Arthur's in the fight. And then we get the moment where he's surrounded. And how good does it feel to just have Emmer show up and just wipe the Saxons out? Wrote down my notes, holy balls. <laughs> Emmer's comes blasting everyone. That's great. I just, I love it. I love that he comes in. Two seconds ago, you're impressed because Morgana wiped out five guys and he's just like, oh. I'm just going to wipe out the entire army. He's just he's just harnessing the like lightning from the sky and be like, you're dead. You're dead. You're also dead. Yeah, we saw a flash of that in season one with Nimue. But the not super in control, just emotion of it all in that episode with Gaius and here just completely in control, lightning strikes, smiting everyone in his path like a god. Very calm. Very calm and just sure of what he has to do. He literally just lifts his, his staff to the sky and just happens. The magic just happens. Yeah, I love. I do love that you get that Arthur wind up. Like he's about to try to strike five guys with one blow. And then he just Bradley does the full twist of his body. Yeah. Yes, he go. He actually goes like he, if the guy was there, he would have striken the guy. But, you know, lightning is just, just fast. He carries through the weight his entire yeah. his entire movement. The weight carries through his legs from one leg to the other, to the other side. So it looks great. You get the moment where Arthur looks up, sees Emrys. I think there's the recognition there of the same wizard he's met. Better be. For a second, well, I mean, I'm like, I know that he didn't really recognize because he's so far away. But for a second, it looked like he did. Well, I think he does as the old wizard he's met already twice and had conversations with, just not Merlin. Oh, yes. Yes. I love the way Katie yells Emrys here. She's so mad. So it's mad. Wild. It is so it's good. so good. <laughs> I wish I could. I don't think I can do it. Just that Emrys. <laughs> it's so great. She's so, it's so from like, from the desperation of. It's guttural. Yes of inside of her body it's beautiful and then emerus is just like shut up you two send her flying please sleep for a little bit so you can make my life easier and then sends Ethuza away you get a new for the love of camelot another charge to really end the battle i love the little wrist move with the sword that yeah Bradley does after the For the Love of Camelot. He's like, I'm going to go. 
he always does the twirl of the sword before he goes into battle, which I can't blame him for because that is a, not that I wielded swords a lot, but it is fun. And he looks good. It's real superhero type stuff. Yeah. We cut over to Gwen and Gaius and she's all, who's that? Gaius does a very veiled, someone truly remarkable. Oh my God. To which she says, you know him. And he plays it very vague again and says, let's just say he deserves our gratitude. But Gwen's a little, hmm, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Gwen has seen Emrys, hasn't she? I don't remember. When he was about to be hanged in the courtyard, wasn't she around? I don't remember. I actually don't. I thought about that and I don't remember. Yeah, it's hard to say. Emrys makes it down to the battlefield. I'm just like, hey, hurry up and find Mordred. Even though I know it's a race against time that is useless and it's not going to (laughs) happen. I know. I don't. I don't. I feel like the aging makeup they use this time is a little different. It is. Just like a little. It definitely is. It's like a more powerful old man, not just like an old man who's falling apart old man. Yes. Even Colin's not doing as much of the hunching over, the struggling, the being slow. Yep. Yeah, very purposeful walk. And it's just a lot of dead bodies, like you saw in the vision, just a field of dead bodies. And then Arthur goes over to this knight who's raising his hand, dying. And the entrance for Mordred is blocked and just executed perfectly. It is great. Just that blurred vision. And you can see now probably that the the armor is a little different. It's like the dark knight. It is. It (laughs) is. But I do have it on my notes. Oh, fuck. Mordred. Right, you get that feeling, and you think he's almost going to get the jump on Arthur, but Arthur feels it. He gets the spidey sense of, uh uh-oh, someone behind me. There's just a little thing of like a blade, and I think that Arthur can hear the blade and turns around. Mm. He does, the way I see the scene, Arthur hesitates, and that's how he gets wounded. That's the way I saw this scene, and I'm like, don't hesitate, you stupid! (laughs) He hates you. There's nothing to undo this, but feel like before leaving Camelot and letting Arthur go to Camelot, Merlin should have given a very specific warning of, hey, if you see Mordred, kill him. He's after you. Just heard through the grapevine. Not going to tell you how I know. Just know. It's just... Because Arthur, like, he just looks at him and has that moment of weakness of, I don't want to. Yes. Or has that moment... Are you back on my side? Like, are you, are you coming to be a friend? And that was a mistake. Well, Mordred just runs him through. Really does. That's when I texted you. Oh, is that the text I got? Okay, I understand now. I said, I'm seven minutes in. What the actual fuck is going on? And just so everybody knows, I do not really answer. I just send emojis of my eyes. It's frustrating. <laughs> I let you get it out and I react so you know I'm reading your messages and not ignoring you. Yes. I just yes. don't respond with anything useful, but a reaction of, hey, not going to talk about this right now. So this is just done so beautifully, this whole scene. You know, Bradley goes down to his knees and then Mordred says, you gave me no choice, which, fuck you, untrue. This is not a choice. This is <laughs> this is a choice you made, not something you were forced to do. Just um, Yeah, there, there were... I'm sorry, there were hundreds of other choices that you could have made. You just chose this one. This was a choice. Yeah, and Arthur just, I don't know how you saw this going, because this is the Arthurian tale. 
Mordred mortally wounds Arthur on the battlefield of Camelan. Arthur kills Mordred. That is a standard telling of this story. When Arthur runs him through, these close-ups of Alex and Bradley are so great. And the way that Bradley plays running Mordred through, the anger on him, it just gives me chills. And then Alex does this amazing thing where he smiles. It's creepy and great. Oh my God, I want to punch him in the... I want to punch him in the face. I was like, oh, you're a terrible person. I just think they're so good in this scene, the two of them. They really are. It's not, I like it because it's not overly dramatic. It's very simple. They don't talk a lot. They don't scream. It's not loud. It's very quiet. It's a very quiet scene just in general, talking about the actors. And they just... I don't know. I can see a little bit of like pain and just betrayal in Bradley's eyes. Yeah, I love these close-ups and this like this hurt and I killing someone you don't want to kill. And I do love I love the smile that that surprise of like not knowing how to react to what just happened. And I also love the way Bradley every, I'm going to talk a lot about how Bradley played things. I mean this the realization that he's hurt bad as he walks away. It takes, it just, it's just that delayed reaction because you just killed somebody. You, you get out of your body and you get into what's happening to the other person. And then it's that delay to then come back to your own body and be like, oh no, I can't actually walk around. I have to just sit here. Yeah. It's the, it's the adrenaline rush leaving you and the pain settling in. And he falls on the plane of Camelin, just like we were promised. Back at the hospital tent, it's good news, Leon. Yes, that's what I said. Bad news, Leon, brings good news. <laughs> he has good news and one bad news. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> the one that's bad is pretty bad. <laughs> Come on. It's not that bad. It's like we just haven't found him yet. If your king isn't accounted for, pretty bad news. Well, milady, the battle is won is a great line. And he goes off to look for Arthur some more. In the field... And Mercer's doing his search, finds Arthur, just the tears in his eyes when he finds him. He abandons the staff, picks up Arthur, walks away with him. Good for Colin. Is that actually Bradley? How else would you do it with his face full and shot? I mean, the only reason they got like Gwen Dummy to work is because of the wig. I think it's not faked. It's like only three, four feet that they're walking. It is. But still, he's very strong. They do a cheat where he pretends to step over Mordred, but I think when he started walking, he because he's in robes, there's no way you're going to carry a person, step yeah. over another person yeah. who's alive <laughs> below you. So they do a cheat where he looks like he steps over something and it pans to Mordred being dead, which I love the way Colin plays it of just like kind of looking back like, fuck you. I'll just leave you here. You're not important anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. You're dead because Arthur knows how to finish the job. Yeah, I don't think it's faked. I think it's Colin carrying Bradley, unless I'm wrong. I just think the Gwen ones were easier to fake because of the wig. It just looks amazing. He's still shorter. I mean, I think they're like the same height. The outfit and the slouching in the show, he's always like kind of slouching a bit. He knows how to do body language. He's always crouched over with his shoulders. Yeah. Anthony had carried Bradley. I mean... Whenever I see people carrying each other, I'm already impressed. It doesn't matter who you are because it's hard to carry another person. A hundred percent. It's hard to carry another person. Plus Bradley's wearing all that chain mail. Yes. 
and he's pretending to be like anyone limp by the way anybody limp it's hard it is this is one of my favorite jokes on psych where he says don't go boneless on me because he doesn't want to be taken anywhere so he just he just goes boneless which is to say limp and he drags him on the floor because yeah it's really hard to carry people who are gone who've gone limp um yes phoebe does that in friends once also <laughs> yeah i mean it's impressive but i think it's real i don't see a cheat there and i love it but yeah he leaves mordred behind with that look of like bye good riddance forever and we have arthur wake up with this close-up and surprise, were you surprised? Merlin's young again. I did not expect this. I swear to God, because do you know what my ideal ending would be? What? My ideal ending is completely different than this one. I'm just going to say, obviously. I think everyone's ending is different than this one. Just saying that now. I don't think there's a single viewer who's like, yay. I wanted Merlin to never turn back and stay the same. And just be old Merlin, as we know, for King Arthur and just start there and be like, yep, this is it. I mean, I wouldn't want to rob a young man of his years of looking like a young man. He's forever. He never dies. He just look. He just looks like that. We'll get into that discussion later because we started it with the poem of being endless and Balinor saying you'll always, you know, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. Oh my God. Sorry for sidetracking us with my imaginary ending. I love your imaginary ending. Please bring more of that. We get sidetracked talking about TV. That's like basically if someone wants to know what we're like. He wakes up and sees Merlin there. Arthur's hurt pretty bad. Arthur's hurt pretty badly. I don't know how you felt because I don't know if you got a chance to go back and watch the preview you skipped. I did. It's just the line of, I'm a sorcerer. I have magic. It's the final confession, right? Which, what a preview that was. It's just so, just like four shots of people that are our main characters and just that line. And it even feels more powerful when there's nothing to look at and you just hear the whispering. But I don't know how surprising it was for you for this to just begin with Merlin just spilling his guts and saying, I'm sorry, I thought I defied the prophecy. Arthur's got that you're talking nonsense face. And he sees how teary-eyed Merlin is because he's being very serious. And he says, I defeated the Saxons, the dragon, and yet I knew it was Mordred. I must stop. And Arthur kind of is trying to do his logic thing. He's buffering and just says, it was the sorcerer that did all that, right? And he's crying and he says, it was me. Again, Arthur rebutting with like, don't be ridiculous, Merlin. And I, I love the dynamic between Bradley and Colin here because Colin's just playing all in upset and spilling his guts. And he's so serious that it freaks out Arthur and Bradley's playing kind of just completely uncomfortable. Like, I don't like what you're saying and I don't like it. <laughs> yes, I, when he started and I felt like he was going to tell him, I was like, oh my God, just tell him, just tell him faster, faster, just say it faster, explain it faster. <laughs> I just need you to say something. I was surprised that he was going, but I loved, I loved the scene. I loved the scene. Yeah. He, Merlin is so sad that he felt like he failed, that he couldn't protect Arthur, that he wasn't fast enough, that he didn't get there at the right time, that he didn't go after the right person. And it's painful. You know, Arthur tries to 
rebuked that with like a few times, like, you don't know what you're saying. What's wrong with you? That's not true. It was another person. And he's like, no. He doesn't want this conversation. Right. It's like, no, you don't, you, you're not listening. I'm, I'm telling you something and you're choosing not to listen. It's me. That man and me are the same person. Yeah, because after it was me and he gets pushed back on again, that's when he says, I'm a sorcerer. I have magic. And Arthur, I mean, Bradley plays a kind of version of buffering slash, you know, like dot exe is not responding, you know, just like just, the computer has frozen, spinning wheel of doom. There's nothing. But it's just like that blue screen of windows. <laughs> That's it. He doesn't want this. Merlin, you're not a sorcerer. I would know. I think it gets deeper into this later in their scenes. But from here, it's already a, I'm not upset you're a sorcerer. He is, though. There is the, the fear a little bit of, oh, my God, what can you do? And we've talked about it in the past how Arthur's kind of nervous around magic. But from this line, it's very, I've been betrayed. You're my friend and you lied is always to me what's going on in these moments between them. It's not the weirdness with the magic is secondary. The feeling that the closest person in your life has lied to you for 10 years is definitely in the forefront for me with Bradley's portrayal. I agree. Although in this scene specifically, I really do think that Bradley plays Oh, it's the thing that it's so painful when I look at this scene because he plays a little like disgusted. It's like, oh my God, it's just, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's very painful. It's very painful. The way that he said, he said, just leave me. It's just so terrible. I think to me, it doesn't read as disgusted, but as much as freaked out about what he just saw. Cause then Merlin shows him magic because he's not believing him. Right. And what's the, Easiest way to tell someone you're magic, just do magic. It's just avoidance of what's happening, which is a lot of it is the magic. It's just being freaked out about what's happening. He plays it so wonderfully. He can't move, but he tilts his head all the way as far as he can go, looks away, just doesn't want to. The other way. It's complete avoidance of something that's freaking him out. Just denial. And I think it's a mix. I think it's, oh my God, magic freaks me out. And the person I'm closest to does magic. And also the person I'm closest to is a liar. Yeah. And has fooled me for 10 years. I mean, imagine if you went through that. Okay, we've been friends for about 10 years. Imagine right now, I, I told you that I did magic. And I did it in front of your face. And I told you I'd been doing it for 10 years. And I just didn't show you. You'd be like, what the fuck? Seriously. Yeah, it's, I love the adorable magic. It's a tiny dragon made out of fire. <laughs> it's a fire, little fire dragon. It's so, but yes. It's Arthur's just looking for the exit sign. He's like, get me out of here. I can leave. So you have to go. <laughs> he plays it really well in the, the, the stages of grief. This is avoidance. Throughout this entire episode, it's so great. It's so great. I'm so happy about this. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's really a beautiful episode. In this respect, the, the journey from Merlin and Arthur together... Beautiful. I love every moment we're with them. Back in Camelot, Gwen is back home in her fancy dress. And Sir Leon arrives. And you can tell right away by his face that it's bad news, Leon. It's never good news, Leon. Even when it is good news, Leon, he follows up with bad news. 
not true. Sometimes it's good news, Leon. Come on. He, it's been a long time. It's It's been years now. It's, sometimes it's good news, Leon. <laughs> Very rarely. Angel is really just beautiful throughout the whole episode as well. By beautiful, I mean beautiful acting. Not that she's not gorgeous as well, but just, you know, she, it's very simple. I know he's alive. I feel it. I know it. And then she asks after who else is missing and Gaius is missing. I almost had a heart attack. And then in the, my next note says, guys, son of a bitch, what are you doing to me? I don't feel that way just because I know we're about to go to the forest and see Gaius go help Merlin out, which is funny to me because Merlin's just freaking out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Gaius can't do anything you can't do at this point. He's just there for really emotional and mental support because, and I mean, for his skills as a physician also, because I feel like Merlin is literally physically paralyzed because he's freaking out so much. So he's like, you have to go look for stuff because I just can't do it. Yep. The blocking of when Gaius arrives and Merlin has his back to Arthur and they're, Arthur's, you don't know yet, pretending to be asleep. And they're in like avoidance of each other at this point. Yes, Gaius gets rid of him. He says, go take care of the horses. You're going to need them. So just go feed the horses. Go do that. Well, because Merlin is like, you got the wrong thing. Like, what are you doing? This is not the right thing. He's 100% micromanaging Gaius. 100%. It's like, that's not what you should have gotten. He's like, there's none. There was none of the thing that we should have gotten. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is not the thing. He's like, please go be helpful and just deal with the horses. Thank you. I love, again, I'm going to say it a thousand times. I love Bradley in this scene. I love the way he plays the... He wakes up from his fake sleep and says, he's a sorcerer. He looks so like, and, get me out of here. Run. And Gaius looks at him being like, duh. Gaius's face is like, oh, honey. It's okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and he, the this is why Gaius is really here. And I love this whole role of Gaius here. I love what Gaius comes in to do. He reminds him, he's your friend. Arthur says, I want him gone. And... Guy starts in on his little lecture. Thank goodness. And I'm like, you want him gone? He just defeated an entire army that outnumbered you five to one. You're welcome. What more demonstration of being on your side do you need? Thanks for getting rid of the dragon, Merlin. Arthur really needs a little lecture now. Yeah, he gets perspective. He, he gets told, you know, by someone he trusts and isn't going to let him give in to the fear of what's happening. Guy starts with, he can do more than me, far more than you could ever imagine. And this is one of my favorite lines, probably of the show. We've heard it before, but I like, I don't even know if it's one of my favorite lines of the show. I just love that I get to hear Gaia say it to Arthur and make him face this fact. He says, Arthur, he doesn't just have magic. There are those who say he's the greatest sorcerer ever to walk the earth. And we kind of get old Arthur back right away. The funny... He goes, Merlin. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. But I love it. I love that that's a more... I do because we're like back into a more familiar place with Arthur. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is, this is comforting. Stay here. Stay, stay, stay right here. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, don't be angry or scared of him. Just be the normal you who's like, Merlin, all this stuff with... Just be your regular ass person. We prefer that now. Right. 
he looks over I feel like he looks over at Merlin who's just petting horses <laughs> it's like look at how precious this person is who just is trying to help you stop being an ass and we get the side talk for Merlin and Gaius where Gaius explains it's a sword forged in dragon breath a piece is broken off and it's traveling to Arthur's heart and only the she have the magic to save him so you have to go to Avalon which we're on par with the legend here we're doing the Arthur's mortally wounded the only place that can save him is Avalon we must go to Avalon that is pretty much on par as much as far as I know for this whole entire episode I traveled back and forth between oh Arthur's gonna die I'm like no he's gonna live oh I think he's gonna die oh no he's gonna live oh no doesn't look like it eh maybe <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty mean they're pretty mean the, the entire episode and then i'm like this is exhausting because i am trying to foretell the story in my head and every time i have to change it so many times this is why i love spoilers because instead of trying to foretell the story which oh. is what my brain wants to do i just get to enjoy how it happens in front of my face the fun part is trying to foretell the story no that's the distracting part we're never going to agree about this we are diametrically opposed in this part of watching tv but hey to each their own meanwhile morgana's buried mordred with his stupid broken sword i'm sorry i'm salty about all of it it's actually pretty sad and she's all the battle's not over oh my god stop you lost how many armies do you have to kill i mean you lost it just give up the ghost woman my god and she she says, we'll get our revenge. And I'm like, oh, again, again, why? He tried getting his revenge. He got killed. Just let it go. And then when we see her back in her castle and her throne again, I want him dead. She's great. I love Katie screaming this stuff. She is. She is great. This was good because it was the perfect timing of interruption of the soldier trying to explain that they've like explained a second time that they're like, look, we looked everywhere. It's he's not we could find him. I don't know where he is. Everyone's looking for Arthur. The Camelot people can't find him. The Saxons can't find him. And she screams so loud. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah. She screams, I want him dead. And I just sit here going, yes, we know. We know. We got it. And then she snaps another neck. You know, just like you do. It's just a normal day and being Morgana. Regular stuff. Regular stuff. But back in the forest, back in the forest, Gaius reassures Merlin, you were right to tell him. Yeah, should have happened a while ago, but we'll just keep going. Still, I do love this little moment where Merlin gets the reassurance from Gaius that he did the right thing. Because he's already doubting so much right now. That it's just nice to have just words from a f your father, pretty much, for Merlin. Just to say, hey, you you did the right thing. It's okay. A hundred percent. And Gaius has had his chat. So he tells him, you know, I talked to him. He'll go with you. Don't worry. Like, it's, it's going to be fine. Arthur gives Gaius the royal seal to give to Gwen in case he dies. Merlin tells Gaius, by the way, 
era betrayed me. So go take care of that as well. Just FYI, while you're on your way. And then he walks off and guys like, no, 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 no. I'm going to need a hug. This is the part that I cried. This makes me cry. And I love this line of, I'll have your favorite meal waiting for you. Uh, we were robbed of this scene and that I'm mad about. How dare you? How dare you? Well, we'll get to that. That's like a lot of the thing that I want to get to at the end of this. Because I have a lot of things to talk about about how the show ended. So that's a very sweet line. And Merlin right here looks shook. He's just, he's got to go do this now. And Arthur's dying and Gaius is leaving. And I almost think it's a, a feeling that he's playing of what now with Arthur? Now I have to be alone with him. It's kind of that I've, I've ripped off the bandaid and now I don't know what's going to happen. He has no idea what Arthur's behavior is going to be. Yeah. Which is the great part. This is the beginning of the journey of them reassessing their whole relationship on the way to Avalon. Back in Camelot, Gaius arrives. We get the magic window, Gwen. And Gaius brings the news that Arthur is alive and wounded. And he's with Merlin. He has to convince them to just let them be. I do love Gwen's little Merlin's going to take him alone through Saxon infested territory. But even she lets it go. She's like, okay, you're right. I love this look that Gaius gives to Gwen, and Gwen just looks confused because it's time to go trick Era. And Gwen's a really good liar. He is. He almost tricked me. I'm like, no, don't fall for it. But there's a plan. They're tricking her. And it's fantastic. It is fantastic. I love this plan. I love it. Yeah, because not only does it out her, but it makes Morgana go the wrong way. It's fantastic. Yeah, except then Gwen just ruins everything. So back with Merlin and Arthur, they run into the Saxons that Morgana was just threatening. I like that they used the same guys. I do too, because... It makes me, it makes it more believable to me that he, they just went right out to keep looking for Arthur. Merlin tries this whole helpless victim act and tries to cover Arthur up. I adore this whole attack that he does on them. He just has no time for this shit. It's like, if they don't go away, I'm just gonna, okay, fine. Boom. I'm like, just no. I tried to tell you guys to just go the other way you didn't go the other way so now i have to do this <laughs> i'm sorry i have to kill you i'm in a hurry i gotta get somewhere bye it's a little bit all contrived to make him do it in front of arthur that's the point of this but not contrived in a bad way in the sense of it's believable that's what would happen it is they're looking for him i think i partly just like these shots it reminds me of the aggravating death just the the full display of power just no incantation yeah and just pushing someone away. And we've seen a lot of the throws and flicks with the magic. But these look exceptionally good. Emrys is here. We all know Emrys is here. And I love seeing Arthur's reaction to it. I also love this scene because it's very well planned. And it's very believable. Because when they're writing. Also this makes no sense. Why wouldn't you just disguise Arthur? Obviously people are looking for him. Anyways. But. I believe they're writing and they get to them too fast. And Merlin just throws a thing on top of Arthur and the sword is visible. Mm -hmm. While he's talking, he's like, look over there, over there at the camp. It's so he great. goes and covers the sword. So I believe that the guys already saw it from far away and you already recognize it. Yeah. I love that Arthur has seen a cute little fire stunt with the dragon. It's adorable. And now he has to see Merlin just wipe out two guys with barely any effort. This person that he's thought of as weak and helpless 
since he's known him. <laughs> it's great. It is. I love watching Arthur being faced with this reality that's been under his nose the whole time. The power dynamic shift is so much fun for me to watch. It's also, now to me, I'm like, ah, oh, finally, we can just go the easy way. Yeah, I'm just going to wipe everybody out. You don't have to pretend anymore. It doesn't matter. Just do your thing. It's fine if we get attacked. Did you forget I took out the entire army and you watched me do that? You know, because Arthur can displace that. I feel like you can have the cognitive disconnect that he looked a different way when he did that. So you can pretend to yourself that it wasn't Merlin. Right. But watching Merlin do it right in front of him, close up. Is different. And he says, you lied to me all this time. Okay, well, he had no choice. So I really don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't either. Merlin doesn't even say anything. He's like, whatever. I'm not getting into this right now. But this is the full shift. Like from here on in, from this moment in, it's nothing but just being upset about the lie. There is no more of that avoidance and fear being played here. It's literally like, I don't know you. And at times, I even I can even see interest. Oh, you can do this. Wow. Mm -hmm. And like, what else? Kind of what else? Kind of wanting to know how, what, who I should say this person really is. Yeah, it gets more and more. At night, Merlin's doing his usual thing where he's starting a fire without using magic. We've seen this in the past. I think it was a deleted scene, but we've talked about it. And Arthur asks, why don't you just use magic? He says, habit, I suppose. And then they have a moment of eye contact and he does it because he gives him a little go ahead. Yep. Just a nod. Why are you pretending at this point? This like sweet little delivery of it feels strange. I bet it does. I bet it does. I would say the same thing, I think. And I love the way that it's scripted. So Arthur goes, yeah, it does. It does for me too. For Guess both what? of us. Yes, for both <laughs> of us. But it's so sad. This this progression is sad though. And I love it. I love the sadness of this. This whole process is so beautiful. I thought I knew you. And that there it is. To me, like it's finally admittance time of what the problem is. I thought I knew you. I trusted you. I thought we were friends. We're not friends. Right. And he says, I trusted you. And Roland says, I'm sorry. Because there is, there is the breaking of the trust of you just kept lying to me this whole time. Yes. Because Arthur's always been 100% Arthur all the time in front of Merlin. That we can't disagree with, you know. Yeah. He's always been authentic with him. There's no there's no false Arthur with Merlin. To be fair to Arthur's character, it's a lot to take in. Yes, of course it is a lot to take in. Yeah. I just they wrote this so real. Just the interactions between them and forcing them to be alone was a really great way to get it done. Just the two of them. I agree. That's how it should be. Meanwhile, Aira is getting caught red-handed. Gwen basically says, you're going to die. And we tricked you. So have fun with that while you die. Just going to hang you in the courtyard. And I want you to know you sent Morgana the wrong direction on purpose. So, ha. Huh. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for coming and staying at Camelot. Bye forever. <laughs> Don't ever come again. Yeah. I mean, it all comes later, but Morgana gets that message and gets sent the wrong direction. When she does get hanged, Percival and Gwen decide to go off and intercept Morgana and kill her because they're being <sighs> impulsive and a lot of 
bad decisions are getting made. In the morning, Merlin is feeding Arthur, and Arthur is just very annoyed with him, doesn't want to eat, and says, why are you behaving like a servant? And he's so confused, because now, not only has he had to accept this truth, had to find out his friend lied to him, there's now the vocalizing of this power dynamic that's shifted. Like, stop being pretending you're my servant. I just found out you're the most powerful person in the world. <laughs> and I feel like it's also confusion of if you are this such powerful person, if you are this powerful person, why would you subject yourself to having to do these things? Ton of confusion. To having to serve another person. Yeah, there's a ton of confusion from Arthur's side of why would you choose to have this life if that's who you are? All, it all comes with the idea that Merlin innately is way more powerful than him in every way you could be. You might be a yeah. king, but my power is real. Yes. And Merlin and him get into this whole fun conversation. I think it's nice to give this to the fans of, hey, on day one, when you attacked me, I used magic to stop you. Oh my God, I love this. I love this so much. I love this so much. I'm so glad that they talked about it. And Arthur goes, you cheated. Yeah, I like it. It's a great way to get him to melt a little bit. He's softening, talking to Merlin. There's a lot more playfulness back in their relationship. And it's funny. It is funny. It is nice to give it to the fans to acknowledge that one one of the thousands of things that have happened on this show. Because it could have been anything. He could be like, I'm the Dolma. I'm like, I did this. I did that, you know. <laughs> Remember the Dolma? That was also me. That was me. It's all been me. Always me, by the way. But it's nice to go to the the first episode, to go back to the beginning and the seed of their relationship and saying, you know, the first time I met you, the first thing I did was use magic. And it is a funny line. You cheated. But when they start talking about his maybe imminent death, Arthur says there are many who can fill the crown. Because he's already, there's a lot of this energy from him the whole episode. Like, it's fine. I'm dying. There really is. He, I feel like he really got to a point where after trusting all of the wrong people for years and years, Arthur finally feels that he has people who he can trust around him and that he feels truly in his heart that Camelot will be okay even if he dies. Yeah, but this also begins the other side of the narrative with Merlin. The only purpose Merlin is connected to in his life is serving Arthur. Yes. We go more and more into this as the episode goes on, but he's like, no, you're supposed to be a great king. I'm supposed to be by your side. That's all I know. That's the only thing I know for a fact. And Merlin says, I do this because of who you are. I know. And he also said something even more heartbreaking i also do this because you're my friend and i don't want to lose you and that's when i start crying my heart i cried it was really hard to take notes while i was all teary it's just you know this is one of the scenes where i was like oh arthur might actually die i go back and forth to the end of the episode but this was one that i was like it's not looking very good arthur's giving up basically I like the beginning of the admittance of it's not about that. Let's all be honest. You don't want him to die. Destiny, kingship, crown, Camelot aside, 
even if he, Camelot had burned down to the ground and there was no place to be king of, you still wouldn't want him to die. Right, because at the end of the day, all those other things are secondary. The first thing is the friendship. Yeah, there is a very, and it gets more and more apparent through the episode, which is why I love it so much. There's a huge amount of love between these two people. And it's a very true love. The self-sacrificing kind of love. And both of them have demonstrated through five seasons of the show, 10 years of their written lives, that they would give anything to have the other person be okay. Yes. Because we've had this conversation before with Kilgara. I, it's okay. I don't want to give you reasons. He's my friend and I don't want him to die. That's, that's all you need to know. Right. And it's especially poignant now because all, all this destiny, all this stuff, uh-huh, but really essentially you just don't want him to die. Anyway, the scene makes me cry. Because that's what gets me. We always come back to this. It's a great fantasy show. It's fun to watch all the fantasy stuff. But the reason that line makes me cry is because, again, we've all felt that. I don't want to lose my friends. It just guts me when he says that and I start crying because I can really connect to that. I can't connect to being a powerful wizard who wants to save the king and save the kingdom. But I don't want to lose my friend is very easy. Very easy. And that's why it's important to bring it back to that, to the very real relationship they've built between two people who love each other. Absolutely. And I cried in this scene too. It's just, it's just so, it's sad and all beautiful at the same time. And I think that I started crying because at this scene, it was the first time I felt that Arthur was just letting go of his kingdom and his life all at once. Which is why it's important for the reply to be like, no, you can't go because I need you here. Yeah. You can be ready to let go of the kingdom and your crown, but you can't let go of me. I'm not ready for that. I need you to be here. You're not allowed. I'm telling you I need you. <laughs> you are not allowed to go because I'm telling you to stay. Yeah. Camelot might be fine, but I'm not. Hello? Who do you care? Camelot? <laughs> but really, that's how I feel in these scenes, right? Like, yeah intellectually if i'm watching the show and i'm invested i care about camelot but i care about the relationship more right speaking of camelot we bounce over to the great hall this is a scene that i adore i mean it's beautiful the room the lighting all of it but the the acting between richard and angel in this scene is so great i love that we finally get to once and for all really say that gwen is the smartest one of all of them Come on now. She's the only one who gets there on their own. <laughs> Her and Lance, I guess. Yes. I love that Gwen starts off really kind of sidling into the conversation of, oh, was it Merlin who found Arthur? And Guy says, he's a good servant. Super, super vague, trying to like say <laughs> yes, but like, you know. He, he finished his errand. He was always going to show up. He wasn't not going to show up. And then Gwen is like, okay, well, he has always been there by Arthur's side. I love This is an answer I love. It's something I love to say. It's a great word. Indeed. Indeed is one of my favorite replies to anything. Indeed. And then she gets into the crux of it a bit and starts to lull him into the sense of we're just having a normal conversation about Merlin stuff. And then drops just the... Just kidding! The sorcerer in the battle, you knew him. And then just a yes. Do 
I know him? I love this. I love this question. I love the way Angel plays it. Just like, okay, tell me, do I know this sorcerer? And before she senses the guys is going to give her bullshit answer, she's like, nope, you'll be honest with me, old man. Because he just makes this oh shit face. She's like, no, just answer me honestly. Come on. Arthur's missing. Let's. And he says yes. He does. And it's very sweet and quiet. And like, yes, you're right. Also, her reaction's the best. He says he'll take good care of Arthur. I love this line and the way she says it. Yes, I'm sure he will. And then pauses and says, I'm pleased. The queen is pleased. And then I made another story in my head of another ending that I'm like, okay, that ending that I just dreamed is not going to happen. So I, at this point, I'm like, Arthur is actually going to die. Gwen already knows and she is pleased So she might make magic come back to Camelot. So what I want to see is Merlin back at Gwen's side. Wouldn't it be nice to see Merlin return to Camelot? Oh, it would. It would. That's my biggest problem with this whole episode. I don't even want to talk about it. It is. It really is. I'm angry. I Look. I was not that upset, but I'm like, there's so many mistakes. I was not that upset because I think that I created so many alternate endings in my head that I can just live there forever. Everyone's got their personal ending that they made up in their head and makes them feel comforted at night about this show ending because it is it is such an emotional show. And to have it end on a note that you're not prepared to have it end on, I just think that makes total sense. But... Yeah, it's nice to see Gwen accept it. I do believe that that's part of what happens. I don't know. I've made up because you have to make up part of the ending for yourself. You do in this show. You didn't know this yet at this point of the episode, but you do have to fill in the gap between one scene and the next at the end. And you have to pretend to yourself what you think happened. It is kind of choose your own ending. So I guess we all choose our own version of what happened. Yeah. So that's as good a one as any, the one you're describing right now. But yeah, as you're watching it, it's just nice to know that Gwen isn't going to overreact. She's like, okay, well, he saved us. She's Gwen. She's just going to, she's going to be compassionate and she's going to use logic. I love her. So it's very easy math for her. I love her. I've loved her since day one. Back in the Merlin and Arthur story, Arthur's having a little think. He's assessing his behavior over the last 10 years, I guess. And he asks Merlin, why did you never tell me? This is the hard conversation to me because really, you know, part of it is what is it about me that made you keep the secret from me? I think that this is the conversation that most of us, when we feel betrayed or know that somebody lied to us or did something in secret, this is the question that we all asked, why? You need a reason. Why did you do this? Like you need... You need an explanation from the other person. A lot of the times you don't get, but that's what Arthur is trying to do here. Well, and in this case, it's even worse because there's a sort of guilt in the question that Arthur's asking, right? Because it's pretty easy. He knows the answer. Why didn't you tell me? And he gets the answer right in his face. It was kind of a funny little joke. You know, in every joke, there's a grain of truth. And it's basically truth. You would have cut my head off. Well, when he sits there for a second, he just says, I'm not sure what I would have done. He in his heart is the only one who can weigh his love for Merlin against all the things he believed about magic. I'm sure if he'd found out in the castle wall, there would have been 
the sending him away portion of it because he tried to earlier in this episode and he's just stuck with him. Yeah, to me, it just depends because it depends what Arthur we get. If we get Arthur in a day that he would just agree with his father, Merlin would have been killed. There's just no way to know. And that's why he, he, and he says, I didn't want to tell you and put you in that position and put you in the position to have to make a decision. Especially when Uther was alive. Especially then, but I love Bradley in this and the writing in this, the way he plays it and the way it's written of, he looks at him and he can't believe this person. I mean, he's always known him and knows that this is what he's like. But the the real realization of what he's sacrificed in himself to spare me going down that road. There's almost like a little bit of disbelief looking at him. Like, come on, that's what you were worried about? Me being put in a shitty position? And again, we get the reiteration from Merlin. I was born to serve you and I'm proud of that. And the way... Arthur looks at him just like with all the love in the world of look at this person who has all the power that anyone could ever want or have and chose to serve me. Because it's also the realization of how many choices Merlin had to step away here. Yes, and this continues till the very, very end of the episode. Everything, every time that Merlin does something or says something, it's another click and another click and another click in his brain. And he, later he says, you never took credit. He, it boggles his mind that you can have all of this power, hide it from everyone, choose to be a servant, and just not take advantage of it. I mean, that's why it's so beautifully written. It's The progression is so well written. Because it's shocking, right? We head into this two-parter. It's this huge, big battle. The battle happens in the front seven minutes of the episode. And then the back 35 are Arthur going through the mental and emotional journey of accepting who Merlin really is. Not just his power, but what it says about him as a person. All the choices he's made. Yes. We always thought it was obvious, like Arthur had to have seen how good a person Merlin was, but that a person with that much power would want none of the power and greed that someone like Morgana had, the real proof that magic isn't bad. Look at this person who's stronger than her, more powerful than her, and just didn't want anything. Didn't want any recognition or a position in the castle or money or anything. Nothing, nothing. Because to Arthur's experience, everyone who has magical powers wants his throne. And he was right in there, right by his side the whole time. Could have taken Doing his laundry. At any time, exactly. Mucking the stalls, you know. Mucking the stalls, doing all the shitty jobs. So yeah, there's this real look of love, of admiration for someone who simply was happy enough living their life. Admiration is definitely the word for me here, too. Yeah. Which puts Arthur in a different position than he's ever been with Merlin. So they keep going on their way, and Merlin does the whole, I can see the path ahead. And yeah, you get the moment of Arthur being kind of proud. Which, we're going to really get into it probably in the next episode, but these moments are why I'm upset about the last season of the show. 
And I will expand on that later. (laughs) Mostly because I feel robbed. I feel robbed of this beautiful thing that I'm seeing. I don't even want to think about it because I'm getting upset. Okay, let's move on. We'll get more upset next episode on For the Love of Merlin. Uh... But I love this part because we get Arthur back a little bit and kind of busting Merlin's balls here saying, oh, so that was another lie. You're not an idiot. Yeah, you're not an idiot. And there is that moment of me saying, come on, yeah, show off your best friend. Like, show him all the cool tricks. And he says, no, it's just another part of my charm. I love, I love this answer so much. I love this answer so much because he's still not bragging. He's still not shaming or bragging or anything. He's just, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just what it is. Also, all-powerful Merlin is still a klutz. Let's not take that away from him. He's never an idiot like you think he is, but he does trip over shit all the time. He does. Just saying, like... It's a normal thing. Being all-powerful is not mutually exclusive with tripping over everything in your path. True. We're not saying that he's graceful. (laughs) Never. Just that he's powerful. Okay? (laughs) No one is saying that what you didn't realize about Merlin is that he's the most graceful swan in the world. He isn't. Meanwhile, Morgana has a run-in with Percy and Gwen. First of all, there's this shot of Percival and Gwen above her, this panning shot. I love it so much. It's good. I heard that this was a misery. They kept delaying the shoot because it was just always raining. Really? And they filmed it on the last two days because they ran out of time. And it was still torrential downpour. They couldn't even see three feet ahead of them. That's crazy. Now that you know that, and there was a misery filming this scene. Yeah, I mean, they take out all the guys, but Morgana is not really going to give in to a little stab wound. She doesn't even flinch. It makes me mad. It makes me mad, too. We get a new rule in this episode that I'm like, I feel like Merlin getting stabbed really didn't work out so well. And he's more powerful than you, so I'm not sure how you can't die from being stabbed. That arrow two episodes ago looked like it was going to kill him. Yes. Again, rules. Yes. Consistent rules. The lack of rules in the show. Thank goodness we're finishing. <sighs> yeah, we have to we have to accept this rule for what it is and just move with it. Yep. As Julian would say, just flow with it because I made a mistake, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's the ending of that phrase. He just didn't end, but that's why he meant it. That's the ending of that phrase, which, look, guys, for the upteenth time, I'm not saying the writers aren't great. Every writer is going to make a mistake. You can't write a solid piece of work without slipping on your own rules a couple of times. It's hard. It's hard. It might be able to be done, but it is difficult. But these kind of annoy me because I'm like, no, no, no. Then none of magical things can be killed with an arrow. Just going to put that out there. Um, but yeah, she captures Gwen and Percival and ties them up. And tortures Gwen, and uh, what can I say? Her specialty, the Nathair is back. Poor Gwen is yelling. That's actually the director, Justin, yelling. It sounded great. It sounded amazing. I love it. Really? It was so good. It stood out as being some great sound editing. So good. So good. Percival does a great little breaking free of the ropes thing. I mean, have you seen his arms, Morgana? Do you think that that tiny little rope is going to make it? It's not. 
she's not. <sighs> so Percival makes it over to Gwen, who says, I failed. Those are his last lines in the show and not the last lines of his life because all he did was pass out. Don't at me. I'm just going to point out that I was correct and Gwen died. Gwen did not die. Moving on. Moving on. Merlin and Arthur run into some more Saxons. He does the whole hiding the tracks thing, which is great. And again, Arthur is watching all of this and he says, all those years, you never once sought any credit. It's this, I love this settling realizations scene after scene. It's actually really compelling because also, not just well written, Bradley plays it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so genuine and some more really earnest lines from Merlin. I don't, that's not why I do it. And just and not really trying to say, that's not why I do it. I do it for you. Just kind of like throwing it away and be like, it's not the point. But let's go. Listen, I got things to take care of like you're dying. And then Arthur needs to rest. And they have this little discussion that goes a little bit in the direction of their little bicker that we're so used to. And Arthur gives him a traditional, you can't tell me what to do. I'm the king. And uh, I love this line from Merlin. I always have, and I'm not going to change now. And then Arthur says, I don't want you to change. I want you to always be you. <laughs> I'm going to cry. That makes me cry, actually. It's the, uh, come on, how many times are you going to say it? There's so much. Oh my God, my eyes, Siri, I would start to cry. Me too. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, this scene really made me cry. I'm still crying. At the crux of it, these two people who just love each other, and finally we get this moment. And the reason it makes you cry is because it's 65 hours of TV to get to the point where Arthur fully accepts Merlin. They've always loved each other, but now Merlin has been able to be fully authentic and is being fully accepted by this person. Fully accepted, yes. Acceptance is the scene. There's so much to love in it because what do you want from the people in your life that you love? Acceptance. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch the process of this part of himself Merlin's been hiding and so afraid to show Arthur for 10 years of their life together, side by side, like Gwen says. You know, it's always there. And to finally show it and have it met with complete acceptance. What more could you ask for? Yeah, nothing. I believe that. I mean, I also can see a little bit in Colin's acting that sometimes he even regrets not saying this before, you know? I think, you know, he, Merlin feels as robbed as we do. Robbed, robbed. You're going to hear that word a lot from here on in. Yeah, because his life could have been so much different. This relationship could have been so much different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a treat to see it play out, but it also makes me feel a lot of pain. Yes, we have to move on. We're we're stalling. We're stalling in this. We're stalling in this. I'm starting to feel we're getting worked up. So we have to settle down here and move on. Leave this for tomorrow. The next thing that Arthur says is, I'm sorry about how I treated you. Listen, shouldn't have treated him like a shitty servant anyway, even if he didn't have powers. <laughs> I have the same thing in my notes. And I'm like, you should never treat anyone like that, Arthur, powers or no power. 
But I do understand about the realization that Merlin has done way more for him than he ever thought, because he was a mediocre servant at best a lot of the time. I saw this assessment by someone online that was really interesting. They kind of, it's tit for tat with them. Arthur gets really bitchy about Merlin because he's a mediocre servant and doesn't fire him. And Merlin gets to skip out on the job and be a shitty servant half the time and doesn't quit. And it's kind of a fair exchange between them because that's all Arthur sees. I never actually saw it that way, but I agree. That makes a lot of sense. The reason I bring that up is because I see how Arthur might want to apologize because, oh, you weren't just being a half-assed servant a lot of the time. You've been doing more than anyone to help me ever all the time, always. So much extra work behind the scenes. Like basically running your whole life. (laughs) Yeah. So in that respect, I understand their apology. Like, oh my God, I thought you were just being lazy and disappearing to the tavern and you were like fighting Morgana in the forest by yourself. Kind of realization. Quite a different night, let me just tell you. <laughs> I see the apology they're fitting in. Yeah, you should never treat anyone like that. But from Arthur, it makes a lot of sense of, oh, I thought you were just being lazy half the time, but it turns out you were doing a thousand things more than I thought you were. This would be a good time to be like, oh, I haven't slept in 10 years. I just thought you should know that. <laughs> this should be a time. Oh, I mean, we do get a little bit of that. Well, now he says, oh, so I get a day off? Well, maybe two. There you go. I love it. What do you think he's going to do? Sleep. Because he never sleeps. And then poor Merlin has this panic moment. The horses run. Why do they run? Because horses get spooked by evil. And what's behind him? Morgana. And what is she here to do? Ruin things even more because they're already ruined. Just go away. Morgana, please. Please. Just leave us alone. Also adorable that she thinks she can knock Merlin out. First of all, it's adorable that Morgana shows up and thinks that she can knock out Emerus just like that. He just defeated an entire army single-handedly. I don't think you really paid attention to what happened. I know she was unconscious half the time, but... I was going to say, Am blasted you when you went to sleep. So, you know, you missed some of the action. Just saying, maybe that's why she believes that she... She also is a little bit of... She's a little bit crazy, and she believes that she's the most powerful one of all the time. So there's no doubt in her head. She doesn't really plan correctly. You know, it doesn't go in her favor. At this point, Katie's playing completely unhinged. Yes, yes. This whole, oh, don't worry, dear brother. I'm going to sit with you while you die. Creepy speech. Bradley doing a lot of acting with his face because he can't move. I love it. He can't move. Just a lot of eyes. Blink, blink, blink. Um, SOS, someone save me. I love how dramatic, like drowning my own blood kind of thing, how dramatic this is. She goes, oh, stay and watch over you until the wolves gorge on your carcass and bathe in your blood. She has a thing with blood. She really goes for the dramatic, bloody imagery every time she can. And she's totally snapped. Like, okay, you have to go to sleep forever now. They've perfected this blocking on this show. Every time it works, the creepy person behind you, they do it so well. Merlin appears behind her. And it's so, even though it's blurry, it's so clear that it's Excalibur. It is. I don't know if I feel robbed at this point. I kind of want them to have a magic showdown. I kind of really do. I do too. I thought that that was going to happen, but it doesn't. I live on the fence here. It's what I wanted. 
when I watch this scene, it's so good because it's so calm and quiet. And he just runs her through and she thinks she still got one up on him. And the way it's blocked, I think this was partly Katie and Colin deciding this. He's kind of holding her, but he's above her. I love that he's just over her. It mirrors when he poisoned her and just says right in her face. I mean, first he says, I blame myself for what you've become. Eh. Again, let's call it 30, 70 or 20, 80. <laughs> okay. She's got her own decisions to make as a person. Yeah. You know, you can't, you just can't. When a person doesn't want to do it, they're not going to do it. They, she, she didn't want to be good. She just wanted what she wanted and she got it. Yeah. And he's so fully immersed in the moment that he looks down on her face and says, this is no mortal blade. Like yours, it was forged in dragon's breath. And he's just so calm. And yeah, she thinks she's special because she has a dragon. He brought the dragon into the world. She didn't get to see him call a Ethusa off. Please. She's never even seen the great dragon. She thinks she knows so much and she's such hot shit. And I'm just like, if that's something that we got robbed of, is any of the characters witnessing his full extent of power? Yes. Yes. Well, I just have in my notes Merlin plus Excalibur equals success. Yeah, I love Bradley's reaction in this scene. Him playing Arthur is just so proud and relieved. You can see him jolt up and react when he stabs her just like a it's over and it works when he stabs her and it works it, it, like yes she's actually dead and then Merlin says goodbye Morgana and I'm like oh my god I love this and she does a very dramatic death and Arthur says you brought peace at last he's so proud of Merlin and so relieved it's sad because I think this is where he's really able to let go of staying alive. I was just going to say that. I have it in my notes. And I'm like, this is it. This is the point where he knows that everything's peaceful. He knows that people will be okay. And he's able to just let go. He knows that Gwen is going to do a good job. He knows that Merlin will be by Gwen's side. And that's it. That's all that he needs to know. And I'm with Merlin here. When you watch this, you're with Merlin. No, I don't know. Hello. I don't care that the kingdom's going to be fine. We've got hanging out to do and you finally know my powers. So not fair. Robbed Merlin. So let me say at this point, I was on the other side of the fence. I was like, I don't think he's going to die. I'm like, you got to save him, right? I'm like, you're really going to kill him at the end of the show? Come on. In my head, I was like, okay, okay. Like, I believed you for half of the episode. But now, like, turn back and do the... Do the thing that I want you to do. Come on, just fucking save him. <sighs> also, since they were in the forest a while ago, I was like, call the dragon. Call the dragon. Call the dragon. Never calls the dragon. Like, oh my God. I think everyone who's really assessed this ending has the same question. Why the... It's like if you had a chopper and you decided to take a tricycle. What are you doing? You have two days to get to Avalon? Just call Kilgara on day one. For me, with that plot hole, they should have killed Kilgaroff. He should not have come. Look, at some point, I thought that he was not going to come. Because I was like, maybe he already died. Maybe it, this is going to be the last call and he's not going to come. So from last episode, Merlin knows that he died. But he came. He did come. Help. Well, 
first Merlin drags Arthur out of there. And then you start to get the real Arthur goodbyes. He says, it's too late. Even with all your magic, you can't save my life. To which he gets a, I can't, I'm not going to lose you. Which, ugh, I'm just crying at this point. Like, this is just me being a weepy fucking mess. And then when, this breaks my heart even more. This is the line that breaks me in half watching this. Just hold me. I have, obviously, I have that written down also. It's so profoundly sad because you can really, as a person who is going to one day die, connect with how scary that might be. Yes. Ugh. It's awful. I mean, it's great and beautiful and well acted and written and it's awful. And so very sad. <laughs> it's so mean. Have I mentioned how mean I think these writers are? They're mean. Honestly, I still had hope throughout this whole speech. I still had hope that he was going to be saved. Of course, because like a dozen times Arthur's been like, it's fine, I'll die. And where I was like, no, Arthur, stupid. And then you get that please for Merlin. And then Arthur says, there's something I want to say. Everything you've done, I know now. For me, for Camelot, for the kingdom you helped me build. Thank you. And Bradley just kills me in this scene. He plays it so beautifully. Just To me, the admittance that he says... The kingdom you helped me build makes me see that Arthur on this two-day journey has thought about everything that happened, everything that he has been to through, and really realized that he could not have done it without Merlin's secret help. I love that Merlin says you would have done it anyway, and he laughs and says, maybe. He's not even fighting him. He's just like, maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> it's so sad. It's heartbreaking. The whole scene is heartbreaking, especially because it ends on this stay with me. Again, a line that we can all really, we've all had a moment where we said that or something like that to somebody. Just stay with me. Yeah. And I see that and I'm just crying even more. Yeah, this whole scene is just... I also don't know how Colin did the dragon call while he's crying like that. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yeah, seriously. And at that point in my notes, I have too fucking late, no? Yeah. He says to Kilgar, I have one last favor to ask. When we fly off, I will say that Bradley played it this way and Julian said it was canon. Arthur's already dead. That's what I, that's, how I saw it. So Kilgar flies them to Avalon anyway. And then I'm sorry. I'm so mad at Kilgar during this whole scene because not because of the character, but I'm mad at the writers because they decided to give this character in his goodbye, like a speech about how this was all great. This was how it's supposed to go. No, I'm sorry. You don't get to retcon five years of this character saying it's your destiny to save him and to rule over Albion with him, a peaceful Albion where magic is accepted. No, 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 because the only speech that I would have accepted here was that he had seen this future. This was one option of the future, but he couldn't tell him for some whatever reason that you can make up. This one, this, the one that they wrote, it's not, I can't, I just can't. It's not believable. 
If anyone's wondering when I said I love this episode until the last two or three minutes, this is the point where I quit. Not I quit the show. I mean, I quit like I don't like it anymore. This is the this is where I start to have some real problems with what's being written because they're trying to retcon something that they promised. <laughs> and then we have to watch our main character, our beloved hero of the story, say the words I failed and be broken by the fact that he, everything he worked towards for five years is a failure. And yes, Kilgara tries to say, no, you built the kingdom and everything's great. And this is, we were part of this story. And I hate that because I'm just like, don't do this whole, oh, people will talk about this forever. He's lost his best friend. None of that makes it okay. The destiny was always spelled out as you'll save Arthur. You'll rule over an Albion that's accepting of magic with Arthur. It wasn't ever with somebody else built by Arthur. So it's frustrating. And it's hard to see our main character hurt so badly because it's not just the Arthur death. It's just this whole episode's hinging Merlin's identity, his self-identity around serving Arthur. And then you take it away from him. You take the person he's here to serve away. If this destiny thing wasn't in every single freaking episode since the very first episode of season one i wouldn't even be that mad no it's the undelivered promise i am annoyed that you promised us something every single episode every time there was a crisis no this is your destiny this is your destiny this is your destiny and now it's just like you know things change and i'm like no they don't you don't change. Don't change. It's really hard. It's it, The hardest part for me is really that they put several lines in this episode specifically to spell out that Merlin's whole identity hinges around serving Arthur. And then you take that away from him. You've taken who he is away from him. Honestly, after the speech by Kilgara, I was like, Kilgara, no, you could have just, they could have just finished Kilgara in the how it ended in the last episode with you will remember me and that that was beautiful i loved it that's a great exit line i love it i love it that's perfect and now he came to say some like some smart ass thing to like justify this end that the writers created i was like use no use use Athusa. don't use my dragon to say these lines that upset everyone whatever also when he's met with this i can't lose him he's my friend because that's what he's met with merlin says so what i don't care about the cool kingdom we built um hello my friend is dead here kilgara tries to comfort him with he's the once in future king when albion's need is greatest he will rise again which is again totally on par with all authorian legends the idea that Arthur is somewhere waiting to rise again is a big thing in the mythology of Arthur. So I'm on board with that. Not a great answer, though. Like, oh, eventually he'll come back to life. Okay, thanks for nothing. I'm on board with that if that was season four. Yeah. End I... of season four, and then we get fucking season five like we deserve. Right. I'm on board with that if this is the end and we get a season six after, and then Arthur comes back. Okay. Instead, what happens is Merlin throws Excalibur into Avalon and a hand reaches out, which is beautiful and I love it. Arthur's funeral, where I can't and I won't and I can't. 
unless you want to add something. I just can't. No, there's nothing to add. Back in Camelot, Gwen feels that he's gone, gives Sir Leon the nod. And bad news Leon gets... One... <laughs> the last line in Merlin. The king is dead. Long live the queen. One less bit of bad news. <laughs> bad news Leon's here to tell you the king is dead. We get to see Gwen. We get to see that Gwen is ruling over Camelot now. I guess. Well, no, we don't really. That mm-mm. I disapprove. I disapprove so much. Okay, so here's here's where some more stuff happens that is totally beyond me. Because okay, the writers write this really upsetting ending, right? There's this vibe from Julian of we thought we'd be robbing the viewers of the right ending if we saved Arthur. I don't see it. You robbed me of letting the main character feel like he fulfilled his life. Right ending. There's no right. This was the wrong one, clearly. But I was about to say, there's no right ending. There's just the ending that you write. There's no right ending. But again, I think for my tastes, I would have gone with the way other people have ended the author until the ambiguity of whether he's alive on the aisle right. in, Cam- in right. Avalon. I would have liked a near-death Arthur getting on the barge with Merlin to Avalon, to the Isle. And just leave at that. And not knowing what happens. Letting even Gwen and all of Camelot think he's dead, but not knowing if beyond the mist he's alive. And can't return yet because that's the only place he can be alive. I would have gone with the magic is keeping him alive. He can't come back. They're stuck in Avalon. Absolutely. I would be happy with that option. I just feel like that was the best way out of this whole thing. (laughs) And it's a simple ending. It's not like you're not cheating the death aspect. Camelot goes on without him. Yes. Instead, we cut to just another shot of what looks like Avalon. And then as you pan out, you see the grass. I don't know how scared you got by the truck. Literally, I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't know who thought this would be placate or make the audience happy the idea that oh merlin just lived another thousand years by himself has watched everyone in camelot that he loves die and he still walks the earth apparently as a homeless man i don't know how i'm supposed to be happy about that apparently he's just a bum he's just homeless and roaming by himself you know why vampires are always rich because they have thousands of years to accumulate wealth. Don't tell me that Merlin never managed to build a little hut for himself in the woods. You write that the main character is eternally waiting. The thing is, yeah. Uh, what upsets me about this, that I literally disconsidered this last 15 seconds of this show, is because <laughs> if Merlin is alive... He went fucking back to Camelot to have dinner with Gaius. And that's what I can't take is we, this is what I can't take that the writers thought it was more placating and soothing to watch him have waited a thousand years for no sign of Arthur returning, just hanging around Avalon forever by himself as a homeless person, rather than showing that even though he lost Arthur, he got to go home to a Camelot that is peaceful, accepts magic and he can live out the rest of Gaius's life with him and have his new friends around him. It's not believable at all. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe it. Because part of me wonders, did he go back to Camelot? 
In my head, he did. Yeah, of course, to me, he does. But, and you hope, Gwen will legalize magic. You hope that he will be the court sorcerer. A lot of things, right? From Gwen's behavior, it seems like that she's really open to that. She she has seen that at the end of the day, yes, Merlin was the person who saved Camelot. Yeah, you cut to a long live the queen with Merlin by her side, dressed in like some fancy garb. I mean, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed because I'm like, whatever. <laughs> it's worse, Mila. Look, I still maintain that I think these writers are great. I think it's impossible to please people with an ending. I just think leaving ambiguous, maybe Arthur is alive in Avalon and Merlin can come back and forth from that world. A better solution than showing us a sad, homeless Merlin in whatever year that is, because it has to be modern times. You'd have to think, oh, look where he is today. Also, I'm sorry, you are the world's greatest sorcerer. You don't have to raid around just next door to where he's probably going to resurface. But that's why I am mad. It's it's that you've you robbed the character of their meaning of their life at the last moment of the show. And then you added an additional moment to show that they're forever waiting. He's just forever waiting for Arthur to come back. He's just stuck here. This is a miserable life. We were promised. We were promised an amazing life where you would rule next to the fucking king and now you're just roaming around where you threw a sword to see if somebody's gonna appear that's miserable it's sad it's lonely i will add that this episode aired on christmas eve when it was live <laughs> jesus no i'm i'm glad that i didn't watch that on christmas eve because how could they do this on christmas eve to people I don't know what they were thinking. I just, I think I love this episode, but these last two minutes really rub me the wrong way. I'm with you. Not because I can't accept Arthur dying. I could even do that. Because in other versions, that's not true about Merlin. He's his own person. He bosses Arthur around. He's older than him. So it's different to have Arthur die and Merlin go on. In 30 seconds, we got to watch him have everything ripped away from him. <laughs> Because first he loses Arthur and that's devastating and then he's still alive now, which means everybody else he knows is dead. I mean, that's the thing. I don't even mind. I would prefer to leave it ambiguous because then his life wouldn't be meaningless because one day he will rule next to Arthur, right? When he's older and that's... And that's He's still waiting for the future king part. Exactly, exactly. And now when he's younger, he can rule next to Gwen at home. I just felt the portrayal of him now waiting for Arthur was very depressing. If we wanted to see him still waiting for the return of Arthur, that's even okay. But rather I would have had him have a little house on the edge of Avalon Lake or what used to be the lake because it's grass now. Sonia, even a scene. Just a different version of that scene where it's just him in a little nice country hut looking out from his garden and then seeing Avalon. He's still waiting, but at least his life isn't misery. You know what I mean? Something of a more cheerful image of he's not depressed waiting for Arthur. He's just living his life waiting for Arthur. Yes. There's, there were just different 
tones to play. Like sending Arthur on the barge with more hope would have been nice. Waiting for Arthur's return with a little more, oh, look at my cute little, just a one room little hut like we saw a thousand times in the show. And just a little garden and just like overlooking Avalon, just waiting. Yeah. That's fine. But he's homeless and then just they can't. And he looks just sad and miserable. Yeah. Our sweet, naive Merlin is just sad and worn and sad some more. So that's it. (laughs) Great. You know, I did say to you, you would never guess this ending in a million years. Obviously not. I mean, the, the Arthur dying again, if you know the legend, that's usually how it goes. And we really didn't need the absence of Merlin at the long live the queen. We did that. We didn't. That That is the one thing that I cannot forget or forgive. Because it would make more sense that she waited for Merlin to return to be like he died. Yes, he actually died. Well, I still think it's a terrific episode, though. And we can go into it more next episode, but I do feel robbed of an entire season of an Arthur who knew Merlin. Julian said it was never, ever, ever thought of that the reveal would happen before the end. And that the only other version that existed was a version in which Arthur never found out. You know that I thought that that was a possibility, Sonia. The episode before this one, after I finished watching, and I was thinking about this last episode, to in my head I said, knowing these writers, there's a possibility that Arthur was just never going to find out. That's the way they were going to do it. I cannot believe that they almost did that. I guess we should be grateful. I know. <laughs> also, what would the last episode be? The beautiful thing that I love about this episode. I do think this is one of my favorite episodes of the show because I love watching Arthur's journey of accepting Merlin. I do too. I do too. It's stunning writing. It's stunning acting. I just love it. I mean, I'm emotionally all in. Yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk more about the whole thing in the next episode because it's special for that. But I am disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed at this episode. I can't wait for you to be a mom. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I am. I am. I'm kind of sad. It's hard to have those feelings about the last two minutes because the episode is so good. But it is. The second I analyze why this episode is so good is when I feel robbed of a whole season of this. Well, I felt that in the beginning of this season as I watch one episode after the other, after the other, after the other, and they just wouldn't tell anyone. No one. You know what's funny is that looking back on the season at this point, or I feel this way, I'm like, the most enjoyable part of the season was this whole Gwen is evil storyline. It really was. There were three episodes that I was like, oh, everything's great. It had purpose. It moved the focus off of all the, oh my God, oh my God stuff. So you kind of got to be back. We talked about it during those episodes. They were great episodes to get lost in. But every time you're like, wait, well, what about the ending though? Yeah. Look, could have used just one more, one extra episode here. 
I mean, we could have done away with an episode or two. I just, it's hard. It's a hard episode to talk about because I love so much of it. And because I've decided that Gwen is alive, even though he's not in the scene with, listen, we got to make a lot of decisions for ourselves. Um, clearly. I mean, because the round table's gone. Percival's the last one. He's a, that's it. Leon's the de facto king of Camelot. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes about Leon. This is where I'll tell you a funny theory that I've seen that Leon is actually immortal as well because he drank from the cup of life. That's interesting. At least Gwen has Leon. And Merlin, my head. Thank you very much. If you can pretend that Gwen is alive, I can pretend that Gwen has Merlin, okay? I don't think I don't think it's crazy to think that the, you're supposed to suppose that Merlin goes back to Camelot and serves Gwen. And then roams the earth afterwards. Well, Camelot's gone. Yeah. There's no river even. No lake. The lake is gone. It's all gone. It's kind of a little bit like that poem, though. He's the last vestige of a time that's disappeared. So thanks for the sad poem and the sad ending and the sad title. Yeah, thank you, guys. I think next episode is going to be a happier episode for us because we're going to get to do some more of complaining and talking about all the five seasons in general. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that we didn't complain that much during the episode. It's a great episode. Until the last two minutes, I have nothing but good things to say. I mean, sure, would I have liked the magic showdown with Morgana and Merlin, but that's not a real complaint because I still love the scene the way it worked out. It's not. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I don't, it's funny because we could complain for many, many hours about what happened in the last two minutes, but it's such a good episode. It's, it gives me such mixed feelings watching this one because I always know I'm going to love the episode and then leave it off kind of grouchy. Yeah, I mean... At some point, I com- I was disappointed in my head, but at some point, I just have I just tried to accept it. I was like, "Well, this is it." That was my text to you at the end of the show. <laughs> well, this is one way to end the show. Yeah, and it's the way it ended. Again, look, I can cheer us up with the they were not going to tell Arthur at all. So at least they changed their mind on that and gave us an excellent episode where Arthur internalizes who Merlin really is and accepts him and sees all the good he's done and thanks him. And there's a lot of love between them and that's great. It was just so well executed. I really love those scenes between them. Yeah. It's mostly, mostly a good episode. Until the 41 minute mark, it's one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. Really well done. So we'll we'll leave it like that. Great episode. Minus two minutes. And we'll see you next time. Oh my goodness. For the end, for the last episode of For the Love of Merlin, the show wrap-up. We're going to talk about the adventures of Merlin the show. Seasons one through five. It's exciting. Stick with us for one more episode. It'll be fun. We're We're going to have some fun with the whole thing. It will be fun. We'll get more into this ending, but more into just all the shenanigans we've seen. 65 episodes. It will be fun. Let's leave. Actually, I got a better note to leave us on. On the fact that I sent you the season five bloopers. 
They were pretty great. I mean, Colin Morgan as Emerus at the top of a mountain using his staff as an air guitar is pretty special. It's the best way to finish the bloopers. I was like, come on now. It's pretty great. I was sad that there weren't more of the bloopers that I know exist of Alex cracking up at the Dolma. Oh like God. I really I wanted to see Alex just losing his mind. Teary, I, my, I teared because I laughed so hard because he is laughing so hard. There was one. They left one in one. where it's the, the take of him and Bradley as as Bradley can't get the word Aryan rod out of his mouth. So Colin off camera as the Dolma goes cauldron of arian rod <laughs> and alex just loses it and i enjoy that blooper way too much <laughs> it's just so great it's so great i love the way he's just fixed on colin in front of him and he is laughing so hard and he's biting his lip at the beginning because he's already trying he's already kind of losing it and then at the end, obviously, it's just all gone. It's just, no. Because how could you? Because Colin purposefully goes, cauldron of Aryan rod. <laughs> it's too great. It's great. It was a great blooper reel, great outtakes. We love to end our shows like that. We do. Thank God these seasons have them. Thank God. We've mentioned it before, but we usually watch these together. We We try to watch the bloopers of the shows together. But this, it was a fun way to end because... It lets you remember a lot of stuff. We got to see Tom Hopper kiss Owen Mackin when he was passed out. Love, love, love. Love Owen Mackin's face when that happened. He was so surprised. Love. So many great little little parts in there. Bloopers are the best. They are. I'm sure they're on YouTube. Go watch them. It's a fun, fun set of bloopers. It is fun. That being said, join us for one more. We're almost done with this podcast it's been a journey well thanks for listening see you guys see you